I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 133. I'm your host, Rich Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. We've just come back from London town after smashing Boo Yakasha. (laughs) (laughs) The live podcast, London, which will never be heard or seen unless you were there, I'm afraid. But if you were there, thank you for joining us. And... uh, it was pretty bloody good. Sometimes I think you're quite a cool guy, and other times I think you're really not. Why did you think that? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ever think that I was a cool guy? I had no idea. Maybe um, it's your cool new haircut. It could be my cool new haircut. If you've not seen the video yet, come along over to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast YouTube channel to see my fresh, fresh trim. Yeah, it is very I feel, fresh. Uh, I feel younger, vibrant, um... More energetic. Yeah, bring up allergy references from 2002. I eat a booyakasha. (laughs) 20 years out of date, that, Rick. (laughs) To start the show. It's just like the finger click. Yeah, dude. I thought it was weird this morning when you said, have you seen that new website? It's called MySpace. (laughs) I was like, oh, right, yeah. (laughs) Friends reunited. With your Blackberry Bold 9700 phone. That's just what I do these days. Anyway, we've just come back. Uh, I feel like still quite hyped. Um, honestly, genuinely, bottom of our hearts, thank you for everyone who came to the live podcast at Islington Assembly Hall. Mm. Um, it was bloody good, wasn't it? It was a really good show. It was not recorded, so you'll, if you weren't there, unfortunately, you will never see it or hear it. Um, we had a few people asking if they didn't turn up, are they still in the clubhouse? You are, because not everybody... Yeah, yeah little you, asterisk you, next to you little now. tiny one, but not everybody could come, obviously. Those who did, as you said, thank you. It was very... Um, raucous you swore a lot i did i swore, I swore much, a bit actually. you had you had probably seven guinnesses i think it was going on to eight. Oh my word yeah eight guinnesses um i think because that we did we recorded the 100th show which we did at lowry and i think it's very difficult certainly from a golf show we we when we're trying to put a, pod, a podcast kind of live show together, it doesn't always come across great in the recording or the video. Mm. And because we were going out to London, we didn't really know the actual setup there. It wasn't like Manchester. It was only 10, 15 minutes yeah. away. And we got to do a few rehearsals or like, we got to go there quite a bit and really plan it. Yes. This was part of a podcast show. So they had the, all their own sound, all their own lighting. And it was like, you know what? Let's not put too much pressure on ourselves. Let's perform. Let's give the best show we can and not worry too much about actually the audio. And again, because we swore so much. Um, yeah, almost we, too much. It would it probably would have never been aired no. here on the channel anyway. It wouldn't. Um, no, it was great. And it was 
for me, the highlight is at the end, we stayed around for 20 minutes or so and got to speak to loads of people that listen and watch. And some people came from like Ireland and one guy came from somewhere in Europe, I can't remember. I'm sure, and I don't know if he was winding me up. New Zealand? Yeah. I think he said to me that he came just for this. I'm sure he also put in the Facebook group, it was with his wife or something else as well. But ah, it was t- I, okay. I don't know, but he kind of made it out. I can't imagine he's come from New Zealand just, just to watch I mean, it. that's hardcore. But... um. Everybody was really nice. We did. We had, a, we had a special guest we as well. So we had snooker legend Sean Murphy come up on stage and be a guest. I think we need to get him on a, for a full podcast. What an soon. interesting guy. Unbelievable story. The crowd went crazy when he came on. Um, luckily, he's a fan of the podcast and he was actually attending. I was like, well, actually, let's do better than attending. Please be our guest. Come well, and join us. Like a lot of people in the UK... I'm not a massive, massive snooker fan, but I know a lot of the main players from yeah. watching bits over time. And for them, they have like three majors. Like we have four in golf, they have three. And they call it the Triple Crown. And he's only one of 11 guys ever to win all three of these Amazing. majors and, and, and become a, a, a Triple Crown kind of champion. He's also a scratch golfer. His dad was a golf pro. An amazing story. Um, so he was, he was un- unbelievable. Like you said, a full podcast with him, I think, would be so interesting to hear from like snooker a little bit. And even if you're not into snooker, it's you can really take a lot from snooker into golf. I, I think, think so. Like with the practice, the kind yeah. of concentration, dedication, yeah, and also like he will have bad days. Hundred percent. I'm sure there's times where he'll get bad kicks or bad rolls or bad bounces. Or your stroke, whatever you want to call it, just feels weird. Yeah, or like your he, strike isn't yeah. quite right. Yeah, so be. I bet there is quite a lot of um, similarities. Also, big shout out to Sam. Yes. All about Sam. So how would you explain Sam to people that weren't there? He's quite simply the best golfer in the room. Literally was. <laughs> we, we um, like at the first podcast show, everyone at the start of the stand up and slowly but surely you had to sit down so we wanted to find who was the best golfer in the room so we i think you said if your handicap is more than 28 sit down so a few people sat down 24 sit down i think was it 12 a lot of people sat down and all yeah, whatever it was. and then we but got down to the single figures and it was slowly ticking down and then end up sam being the best golfer in the room he had to wear a, a bucket hat all the way through the podcast which said bogeyman on punishment just because we're such banter men we really are in london your banter elevates to another well, level after eight beers it certainly does, it does. <laughs> um and then we had obviously we, we finished the show like you say we got we got a chance to say hello to loads and loads of people um we went out for some food a few more drinks uh me and claire my wife ended up we ended up hitting the town yeah you did london town massive this yeah. is why i've come back with booyaka shower and all this yeah um and then sunday afternoon we got the train home and just generally i know we kind of spent you brought your your wife down and i brought my wife down I had such a good time in London. What a city. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's, um, it, it's, the, it's the size of it. Like, obviously, I'm kind of Liverpool, you're Manchester, but I go to Manchester a lot. You go to Liverpool a little bit as well. And these are good-sized kind of cities. But when you go to London, it's another level. There's just so much going on. There is. So many different pockets of areas, whether you're going to, to Soho or whether you're going kind of south of the river or whether you're going to, like, the iconic scenes like Westminster yes. or Big Ben or the London Eye. Um, whether you're going watching a show or going... We, I went and watched Rudimental randomly at Brixton Academy. It was phenomenal. Had some nice meals. It was just... It is just literally... The, the city, I know New York has this title, The City Never Sleeps. London must be pretty close to London that. London sleeps for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, doesn't sleep a lot. London's a city that sometimes has a nap. Yeah, <laughs> Manchester likes a lie-in. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of vibe. But it but it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and just like say, we had beautiful weather and um, live podcast. I would say it was a very successful one. Um, 
whether we do them again in the future, who knows? I think we will. Who I knows? Do, I, do. Uh, I think we've certainly refined what we think is a show now. Yeah. And I think there's that nice blend of kind of exclusive content that was only listened to and mm-hmm. heard actually live. A bit of a guest, a bit of banter, a few competitions. Some of the, the fans actually won never seen, never released, completely exclusive podcast merch. Yep, it's on eBay now. Which we <laughs> which we've uh We've teased out for many a month, but we've never done anything with it. But anyway, we took some down with us, and, and some of those guys actually won it live. Uh, even a putter. We yes. gave away a putter That's for random. some putting challenge. Phenomenal. So, again, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for organising it. Thank you for being su- such a great co-host. Thank you um, for being a good ho- co-host thanks. as well. Thanks. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, like I say, I think we smashed out of the park. Yeah, we did. Next up. Next up. So, um I want to take this time. That was quite a harsh transition. Sorry, that's okay. I've got I've got a list, trick. Okay, and I want to take this moment now um, to congratulate you. Well, thank you on the very fact that this last episode—a bit of a spoiler, actually—if you've not watched the most recent Break Seventy Five, maybe just skip five minutes forward. If you have watched that episode, we can all sit here and clap. Thank you. Finally, finally, Matt Fryer on getting two eagles. <laughs> that was pretty sick at the end. No, you you played well. You played very nice golf, and um, it was the golf that I think we should we we, we will see more of from yes. you coming soon. I feel like you I think I, your groove. I needed a confidence booster. I'd, I'd been beaten up by Archfield, Conway, uh, where else? Have Close we House, Close House. My mind's gone blank as well, there. We did one in between them two. I can't remember. I can't remember. And then, obviously, coming on to the f- episode five, which had just been released. That's really annoying. Oh, right. it, it was done at Delamere. Delamere, of course. Um, I needed a nice confidence booster because my confidence was, I've got to be honest, rock bloody bottom. Mm-hmm. And I needed to go out home course, bit of a, you know, just a bit of a different vibe, somewhere I've, I've had loads of experience. I don't think I particularly played great, but I knew I wasn't going to make a big score around there. Like, I was never going to throw in a double or a triple from nowhere. I made a few bogeys. I made plenty of birdies. Shot 72, so one over par. Could have been better. Could have been a little bit worse, but I think I was always going to pretty much break 75 rounds. I think, though, it is a mindset for you because, obviously, Marriott is an easier course than some of the ones we've played, clearly, because some of those golf courses are very, very tough. But equally, if you didn't play well, you could have shot a higher score on that. There are places you can go wrong oh, where you definitely. could have dug some chips or yeah. lipped out on putts or gone out of bounds from a really bad random shot. I think you went into that game of golf feeling confident, yeah. which is good, and you ended up playing well because you felt confident. And again, not to spoil it too much, it's definitely kind of overflown into next break 75 as well. So, um, yeah, confidence is feeling a little bit better. Um, it couldn't have gone much worse. I've not been practicing as much weirdly uh, just because we've been quite busy at the moment. But sometimes I think I can over-practice as well. I think I can get too much into my head about technique and hitting balls and trying to grind it. Where for me, my practice, best practice is like, say, going out, posting a bit of a number, having a bit of fun, maybe even playing match play against somebody just as a bit of a confidence booster. And that's really all the kind of the energy I need into my into my golf game. Ultimately, like when you're at the elite, elite level, you have to be practicing all the time to kind of keep yourself sharp, but also because your competitors are always practicing. Yeah. At the level that you're at now and the level you kind of want to be at, you've hit enough golf balls in your time. It's more about, again, that feeling of confidence and not making silly mistakes and not trying to chase a number. 
I think at Marriott, you did everything right. You were confident leading into it. You kind of hit some nice shots. You started off with a nice start again, which builds. You went birdie-birdie, which for me was obviously important for the score, clearly, because you're two under par two. But the biggest thing I got from that was, again, your confidence on that. Just the mindset. It was so 100% different, it. It. It, wasn't the, it was the score was great, but just the fact you felt good. Do you know what was a big telltale sign of that on the third as well? So I hit it left. I'd, I'd bit of a pull, bit of a crappy tee shot. I'd snagged a really horrible lie up the left-hand yep, side. Did. Now, I know for a fact, if I'd gone bogey-bogey, I would have tried to go for a ridiculous shot. Yep, from, I would have 100%. tried to hit three iron from a lie that was never three iron. But because I was two under par, I thought, well, you know what? If I make bogey on this hole, it's not the end of the world. And I could make par. So I actually hit eight iron, put myself 100 yards short of the green, wedged it on, gave myself a look at par, and walked off with bogey and thought, that's okay. 100%. I think more... Different got, mindset. Oh, it is definitely. I, I've done that before, and it sounds bizarre, this, and it's actually worked. Sometimes play for a bogey. Not off the tee intentionally as such, but if you, like you said, if you go out of position, you think, well, if I make a bogey, it's not the end of the world. I can maybe make a birdie on the next or a few pars or whatever. When you try and take shots on sometimes that you just haven't really got the ability to do or you can't quite see it, does, a bogey can become a treble. Yeah. And you regret it so much. And sometimes in those situations when you go, I'll play for a bogey, you might, like say, play it out on that third hole that yeah. I play. Played it out. The wedge shot wasn't that far away of being you, fairly yeah. close, and suddenly you're knocking S- it for par. And that down. and that feels like a birdie. Yeah. Where if you come off with a par a bogey, and you've kind of set your stall out and went, well, actually, bogey's fine on this hole. You've kind of technically in your head made a par, really. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to get a phone call. Yeah. No. Exactly. And um, speaking of break seventy five courses. Yes. And. Hard golf courses. Oh, yeah. There is something very exciting coming up soon, and it's very exciting for two reasons. The second reason we're going to come on to in a moment, but the first reason is there is an event at one of our favourite places. Now, you say favourite places a lot, but I think this is genuinely one of your favourite places. (laughs) It is. Um, In July, there is an event, the JCB Championship. Yes. Now, I'll give you two points if you can tell me where that event is at. (laughs) Right, Uh, let me just say (laughs) JCB Championship. Is it at JCB Golf and Country Club? Two points. Fantastic. So on the 29th... Quiz me on the date. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the Saturday. 29th till... 31st of July. 2022. That's this year. Um, there is an amazing event. So it's with the Legends Tour. And um, it's a three-day event. And you can go as a spectator. Let me just run down the well, players. This is the thing. So first of all, JCB. Let's just, JCB is an amazing golf course. It is exclusive. And it's very hard to get a tee time there. A lot of people have watched your videos and fell in love with the place because there's some fascinating holes. The 17, which is the par three down the hill, Island Green, is insane. There's not a bad hole in the golf course. And it's probably the chance that most people have got to actually go and walk that place because even just walking it is unreal. Yeah, it's it's a real delight. And like I say, you've seen me play a few videos there. Um, and it, it like I said, it because it's so spectacular and manicured and peaceful and beautiful, it's definitely going to be one of the best events. If you can make it, you've got to go. And the best thing is, ticket prices are on sale now. We'll put a link down in the description, but it's at www.jcbchampionship.co.uk. For adults, it's £20. That is good. For youths, which are 17 to 13 or 13 to 17 year olds, it's just £5. And if you are a child of 12 and under, it is free. Now, hear (laughs) this lineup. Key players that are confirmed. Now, host of the JCB Championship 
is the 2011 Open champion, Darren Clark. Yes. Bigger than life character. Yes. Like Ryder Cup legend. One of the, I reckon one of golf's most iconic characters, yes. really. He is going to be hosting the event and playing. The list gets, the, the list one? carries on. Go, you go, go, you go, yeah, okay. The next one, four time major champion. Hello. Ernest Els. Ernie Els. <laughs> what a guy. The big easy. One of the best golf swings you'll ever witness. The effortless power. He will be there. It'd be interesting to see if he's still got that like, effortless power. I think he, he just has, hasn't he? Yeah, of course. Next up, one of, I, I say Darren's a character. The next player is arguably, Bar Tiger, maybe the name that gets men- mentioned most by non-golfers. Okay. I would, I would say. Two-time major champion, John Daly. Yes. John Daly is going to be playing in the JCB Championship. And remember that name, because we're going to come back to that name in a moment, because there's something incredibly exciting happening to me and to happening to potentially one of you watching or listening to this video. We've also got your friend of mine, three-time major champion, 34 times winner on the PGA Tour, VJ Singh. How good is that? Yes. You you wanted to start the VJ Singh Appreciation Group. I founded it. I'm <laughs> going to get a picture with him. Next up, two-time major champion and top 10 world ranked for over 250 weeks between 2001 and 2007, Retief Goosen. I used to have his head cover on my driver. Big goose. Yeah, I did. Um, Jose Maria Alavarbal, two-time Masters champion and 2012 Ryder Cup captain. Absolute legend over here in Europe. Well, worldwide, over in Europe. He is literally an absolute legend of the game. And then the final player that's been confirmed, but believe me, there's many, 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 yeah. many more legends playing in this. But this is the confirmed list right now. Eight-time European Tour money list winner, a 31-time European Tour winner, Colin Montgomery. Yes. And that list is ridiculous. Well, Darren Clark, Ernie Els, John Daly, VJ Singh, Retief Goosen, Jose Maria Olasabal, Colin Montgomery is just a slice of the players that are going to be at JCB Championship. We were very passionate to talk about this on the podcast because often golf events are perceived as expensive, which I understand, so if you've got a family of four or whatever. This is an event that is £20 for an adult. It's obviously free for kids under 12, and it was a fiver if you're 13, 17. So it is pretty cheap. Um, And the players that are going to be there, absolute legend. There's... um, so many things you can learn, I think, and go and see the events from watching these guys play golf. If, if you've never been to the Open or to an event before, which a lot of people haven't, obviously it is quite difficult sometimes to get to them, and obviously tickets are expensive, and it's a lot of time, etc. But if you watch these guys play golf, it's just different. Certainly for me, watching them off the tee is impressive because they just whack it miles, but that's not always relatable. But what I think people can really learn is that when you watch them get up and down from around the green, it's firstly how they play different shots, but also how much like effort goes into each shot and that, that grit that we Lee Westwood spoke about. Yeah. If you see, like, let's just say Colin Montgomery misses the green on a par three, he will then take his time. Not not in a slow play way, but he'll really think about his golf shot. He'll hit the right shot, bump, run an eight iron up. And that's something that a lot of people can learn from. And I think genuinely, because this is such a kind of intimate event, I reckon you'll be able to get up close and personal to I a lot of so. these players. Like, it's not going to be like the Open where there's, there's 50 or 1,000 spectators a day. There's going to be 
hopefully thousands, but you can get close. You will be able to potentially chat to them. You'll be able to potentially get things signed, have a selfie with them. Um, so again, £20 for adults. 13 to 17 year old, it's just, what did I say before? £5. And children 12 and under is free. Now. I want to see you though and raise you. For the exciting bit. Yes. For the really, really exciting bit. The day bit. before the 28th. On Thursday the 28th, now unfortunately, the only slight criteria, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite thankful for this, on the 28th there's no spectators, Okay, but there is a celebrity pro-am. Okay. Now in this celebrity pro-am, there will be a legend, yep. a celebrity, yep. and then however else you can get in there by either stealing bloody leprechaun coins or <laughs> or, fi- or being able to you know skip down over the chinese wall Am I- <laughs> 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 what, I'm try- what i'm trying to get at it's really 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 hard to get in the program okay. that's I what was, i'm trying to get to i felt a bit bad that i was like letting you just keep going it's really really hard to get okay in the unless you are a listener or a viewer or a fan of the rick shields golf podcast or rick shields golf channel in any capacity because the wonderful people at jcb have donated a spot to play in the program and you're the celebrity exactly weirdly weirdly (laughs) so listen to this lineup if you want to play with me in the celebrity program gets better with legend john daly that is crazy. And John Daly Jr. Yes. So John Daly and John Daly's son and me and potentially you watching this video right now, you can be playing JCB. That, I mean, that's, that in its own right is special. It's unbelievable. Playing with John Daly and John Daly Jr. is special. So we're playing with me. It's slightly disappointing, I'm sorry. But either way, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to make a video about it. And this is how you enter. You must jump onto Instagram and follow me, the Rick Shields, PGA. And also, (laughs) the Rick Shields. And also follow Instagram page, JCB Championship. Do we leave a comment on this video or not? You can do, and just say, hi, Rick, I've entered. But I think what is so unique with this, like you said, Dan, you're playing an amazing golf course, a ridiculous golf course. You're playing with yourself. People obviously watch your videos and want to meet you in real life and play golf with you. You're playing with John Daly, who is an absolute icon of the game, and his son, who, without putting pressure on, is potentially going to be an icon of the game. He is an amazing player. We are going to be drinking Diet Coke, yep. smoking cigarettes, yep. and <laughs> no. eating, eating peanut M&Ms all the way around, <laughs> baby. It's going to be awesome. Um, so, yeah, you've got to follow JCB Championship on Instagram. You've got to follow me, Rick Shields PGA, and we will pick a winner very, very, very soon to play with in the Pro-Am JCB Championship 28th of July. Yeah, and just a quick one. There will be some people watching who may not use Instagram. It's definitely worth just setting up an account just following Rick, following the J- JCB Championship and entering because even if you don't use it for anything else other than that, it's free to do. It'll take you two minutes maximum to do it. And we'll put a post on my Instagram as well just to clear up yeah. how, exactly how you enter. Um, but it's going to be... I mean, I'm ridiculously excited. I'm going to shoot a, a video with John Daly. Yeah. 
and maybe potentially John Daly Jr. Also, we're going to use another legend, hopefully, to film a video on the day before, on hopefully the Tuesday or Wednesday. We're also going to record and film some podcasts while we're down there. So let me know in the comments down below on this video, who do you want us to interview for the podcast, or not interview as such, have on the podcast as a guest uh, from that lineup, whoever, whoever's going to be playing in it. It's going to be epic, and I am ridiculously excited if you cannot tell. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> um, golf over the weekend. I've got to be honest, I know we got slated a little bit last week because we, we didn't watch loads of the US PGA because we're up in Scotland. I've got to be honest again, we're down in London. I didn't watch loads, but I saw the um, playoff on the DP World Tour mm-hmm. with Victor Perez and also Ryan Fox. Victor Perez's putting in the playoff was absolutely ridiculous. It was a four-hole playoff. He made three birdies, and even the even the, the the first birdie he made, he was so out of the hole. Every time it looked like Ryan Fox was definitely going to win the hole, Victor Perez somehow pulled out these incredible putts, ended up um, birdieing the 17th, the par three, and took victory. Crazy. Absolutely mental. And on the PGA Tour, it was um, Scotty Scheffler, and it was um, Sam Burns, there was loads of players in the mix. Sam Burns came from seven behind on the final day to get into the playoff against Scotty Scheffler, world number one, who's won four times so far this year, including the Masters, obviously. It almost looked like a dead cert Scotty Scheffler was going to potentially take his fifth victory in just 10 starts. And Sam Burns hold a ridiculous put off the back of the green um, and won, won the playoff for the PGA Tour. Yeah. It was... Um, I was looking... Last night, I didn't watch much of it at all. I couldn't believe that Scotty Scheffler was in contention again. It's outrageous. And you, you pulled up some good stats. Well, I, yeah, I kind of obviously before this year. I mean, this year Scotty Scheffler has had an outrageous year. I think we all know that. But I kind of I had heard of him before this year, but kind of naively had this kind of mindset that he's kind of burst on the scene this year. I was looking on Wikipedia yesterday, and last year, 2021, he actually, out of the four majors, his worst finish was tied 18th at the Masters last year. That was his worst finish in a major last year. He had a tied 8th at the PGA, a tied 7th at the US Open, and a tied 8th at the Open. I thought, what a year that was, and that was last year. So I, again, I was only kind of, I, I'm only a kind of, as I say a lot, I, I don't hardcore watch the golf, so I can do miss a, a few bits, but I didn't realise how good he was last year. And that's obviously followed through into this year. Um and to put himself in that kind of position again and get in the playoff and, and oh, he probably should have won it, shouldn't he, in hindsight. He'd be probably a bit disappointed, but what a, what a talent he actually is. It's ridiculous. And it's not even as if, you know, he didn't quite win it because he bottled it because obviously he's shown that he he, yeah. he has got the bottle to win it. It just seems like it actually just nothing kind of went his way in actually the final round. I think he shot two over in the final round in the end, which is very unlike him. Um, but, got but, to a playoff. Like we've said with Tony Finau before, and obviously now Scotty Scheffler as well, when you're playing that well, that often, you're going to put yourself in contention yeah. so much, which is what these guys obviously want. I think sometimes the downside of that is you can often think that they're falling away at the end or whatever, but it's because they're putting themselves up there. And you notice them. Like Rory's done it all that, hasn't he? He's put himself up there so much that you think, oh, he never wins. He doesn't win as much as he should do, which maybe he doesn't. But it's the fact he's always in contention or often in contention. You see his name. Whereas if you just miss the cut, you kind of forget, don't you? Yeah. And and also putting four rounds of golf together at that level. Yeah, re- it's like You're always going to have a bad round, whether it's the first day, the second, third or fourth. Um Typically, even the winners do have a bad day. You know what I was thinking? This is a stupid thing to say, but it's it's true. 
The golfers on the PJ Tour and the European Tour are incredible. They're literally the best golfers in the world. But what's the bizarre thing about it is, and obvious, but whoever wins that week is not only an amazing golfer, they're playing the best golf they can. So think about how hard it actually is to be in contention or to win. You know, only you're playing against these guys. They're all the ones that are doing well are obviously playing well as well. Yeah. Like, it's so difficult to, to get to that level and compete yeah. consistently. And then win. Yeah. Like winning isn't easy. Well, you see it now. You see some guys will win. It was only the other week. Was it Justin Thomas? Obviously, he won the PJ and then he missed the cut, I think, the next week. That's so common that guys win. And then maybe they miss the cut because obviously there's so much adrenaline and stuff. But like they can Hang go from over still. Well, exactly. But how do you go from being like the best player in the world that week, essentially, to then missing the cut? It just shows how competitive it actually is out there and how from we. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a week things can change so much. And, and like I say, in your own game, yeah. it can change. Like one one week, you and probably everyone listening to this can think, you, you'll go to a practice session or you'll play golf and you'll think, I've cracked it. This is it. I, I have cracked golf. Next week you go and it's like you never played golf before. That is, yeah, that's what is the frustrating thing about golf, but also massively keeps us coming back. But on that note, I've got a dear Rick for you. Okay. Um, we said a couple of weeks ago about how the clickbait titles were not working because I was getting sick of it. 
when people email us, but it, it has worked again. It's worked again. Someone it's got, put yeah. a really rubbish one. It was pathetic. Guy, you stink. Don't read this. So what did I do? Obviously. Yeah. You're going to read it. <laughs> so if you have your dear Rick or an email you want to send it to us, uh, it's podcast at rickshields.com. I would say don't put a stupid clickbait email, but some of them do catch me out. So it's up to you want to take that risk there's, or not. There's no method. And also, I do like one that just says, Dear Rick. So it, it's kind there's of... no a, method. It, no method at all. It, it's a um, bit of a lucky dip. It's a bit of a random question, this. It's something we've not really talked about before. Um, I don't know what advice you're going to have here, so I'm intrigued. It's only a short one. Um, quick question. My local driving range only has around 20 bays, and on weekends, it gets very busy, and often there's a queue to get into a bay. As a close-to-scratch golfer, I take my practice sessions very seriously and will sometimes use the bay for two hours of hitting, um, 100 balls or, or even more, trying to improve a particular part of my game. I feel a bit bad at doing this because other people are, are waiting. Is what I'm doing okay or not? Ooh, that is a good one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I don't... It's probably quite a tough one. I mean, two-hour practice session, that's is a grind, it, is isn't it? Is that too much? It, I think it's a grind, certainly if you're hitting full shots at a driving range. You know, I think golf is has so many elements. Everyone knows, obviously, you're driving, your iron play, your wedge play, your actual chipping, bunker play, putting. I think if he's spending two hours on, and I can probably presume a lot of them are going to be full shots, mm-hmm. really... If he was to have a very balanced practice regime, he'd almost be spending two hours on all of the other elements as well. Like yeah. he should really be spending two hours on short game, two hours on putting. Like that's going to take up a lot of his time. So potentially he might be using too much of his time to practice in in the wrong, not the most efficient way. Hitting golf balls at the driving range is one part of practice. Um, about feeling bad. He's thinking there's people waiting behind him. He's there for two hours. Yeah, I suppose if he's if he's a regular customer, it, I, it depends if he goes on peak time, but if he can only get there in peak time, if he's a repeat customer and he's giving, you know, he's paying for his golf balls um, and there's no policy of how long you can have the bay for, he's not doing anything wrong. He might get a few evil looks, but he's not really doing anything wrong, is he, massively? Do you ever see it like the gym? Do you ever see like... Somebody hogging a machine. For- yeah, but it's yeah, you do. That's going to come on to that. You see, certainly the squat racks. You'll see some people who go on a squat rack and they're dead into the gym and they'll have like a little bag full of tricks with like a foam roller and all this different stuff. And they'll get under a squat rack and they might be there for half an hour because they might be yeah. doing like heavy weight for like three reps. They're having like five minutes rest potentially. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't, can't think, jump well, on in between, can you? Well, yeah, really? and you kind of think it, 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 you can see both sides. You could argue it's peak time. There's only four squat racks or whatever it might be in your gym, and I want to get on one. But equally, that person has paid the fee as, yep. as as much as anybody else has, and that's how they want to train. So it, it's a weird one. It probably comes down to your personality. I'm the kind of person that would feel really awkward that people are looking at me and thinking, get off there, mate. So I'd probably be in a rush. Other people, like my brother, he probably would just take his time and not yeah. really care. And it's it's not a right or wrong. It's just kind of who you are as a as a person, really. It's a bit similar if you, if you went to a gym and only had one treadmill, you might not want to go and do a 10K on there. Yeah. Spent, you know, hog it for 50 odd minutes because you're thinking, well, there's only one of these machines, you know. Well, so seven minutes for you. Thank now. you. No, no big Really, really fast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so it's a tough one, isn't it, really? I think it's a case of do what feels right for him. Yeah. If, if you feel like people are looking at you and you. The only one thing I'd definitely say there is if, if he is spending two hours on hitting golf balls, I would definitely recommend him in separating that time out a little bit and if the if the facility he goes to has got a short game area or he's got a putting green or he's got some 
kind of balance your practice. Don't just spend two hours hitting golf balls neglecting other parts of your game. Cool. Good answer. I've got another question for you. It's not so much a dear Rick, but it was a question that I thought was an interesting one. and some, We probably know the answer to a bit, but I don't know to what extent. And I also don't know if we've talked about this before ever. Okay. So it says, dear Rick, so technically it's a dear Rick, <laughs> um, just in the middle of watching your Break 75 at Marriott Worsley Park. Okay. And it got me wondering how much foot traffic has the golf club had from the exposure it's had from yourself? Have they ever mentioned? I'd imagine it gets a hell of a lot of people going to play there because they watch so many of your videos where you're playing at Marriott Worsley Park. Thanks, Deck. It's too busy now. <laughs> we we don't film there anymore because we literally can't get a tea time or film. Um, it, it's probably been quite hard because it, it's not been it's not been a start to a finish point really and obviously with the pandemic and golf courses being closed like we've had times where it's been completely empty because yeah. nobody could play the golf course to sometimes where it's absolutely packed out from my experience at the moment just generally golf courses seem busy yeah don't they 100 like golf courses just seem super 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 busy which is a great thing golf driving ranges we've spoke about it before when we go to trafford it's busy so I think it's very hard to, to specify it. Uh, but they've always been great with us at the Mario. We, if we go out filming, we go filming early on the back nine. Um, you know, they've, they've definitely said, well, we've seen it. We get loads of messages, tweets. I'm playing the Marriott today. I've seen it on your video. The guys who, when we go and speak to, let's say, the starters or the lads in the pro shop, they'll say, oh, a group's come down and they've been asking about you today. Um you know, some people even drop presents off there before. We've yeah. had that happen. People have got into the pro shop and said, here's presents for like Rick and Guy, make sure they get them. Um, you got a Scotty Cameron head cover and I got a chocolate bar. There you so go. That's, that's fair. fair. Um, but yeah, overall, I would, yeah, I would say it's busy. Well, uh, this leads me on to another question, ironically. Again, another email we had that I think fits perfectly. And I, I, I kind of want to throw my take on this first, but I also want to hear if you've got anything else to say on this. But it was titled, How About an Average Golf Course? And it says... Um, Love the podcast. Always a good laugh. I like how Rick plays his golf at fancy golf course on his videos. But what are the chances of Rick playing around a standard course? There are so many really nice courses in the Northwest that cost less than £30 a round that I think should get more love. Any thoughts? So, again, my take on that, and you might have something different to say, is with the Break 75 videos, the majority are played at kind of nice venues or certainly tricky venues as well and i think that's kind of well-known venues i'd say well that's for a couple of reasons firstly people can't always afford to play these golf courses which is kind of nice to just see them and see you playing them as well and, and often a lot of the audience are in america as well so they can't necessarily go and play the courses anyway so it kind of doesn't matter to them what course and they'd probably rather see a course that they've heard of a little bit or might have seen on the tv than the one they've not potentially i don't know um i think and also as well like Marriott Worsley Park is a very nice golf course. It's a very good golf course. It's in great condition. The staff are lovely. But it isn't, and it does host some like local PJ events, but it's not a ludicrously expensive golf course that's out of the reach for the average golfer. And that is where we probably film 80% of our videos. So yeah. you are giving, I mean, although it's only one venue, you are giving people the chance to go and play that golf yeah, course. It's an accessible it's not, golf exactly. course. And we have done videos of the golf course, like the one that James Robinson tried to beat the course record at. Um, it was, yeah, it was very cheap to play. We did the video at St Andrews where you played the golf course, what was called the uh, Balgove. It was like literally a five or something. Yeah, and that's something we're very passionate about. And, and also with equipment as well. You know, you've reviewed PXG at a grander drive or whatever, but we've also done videos with Slazenger Golf Clubs at a twenty quid or whatever. Um, J just a quick one on that. We've also filmed some of our biggest, biggest videos 
at Townley Golf Club. Yeah, which is a municipal. Literally a municipal owned. in Burnley. Um, and we've had some of our biggest videos there, yeah, like fun. Swingless Golf Club, when I bought the £70 package set One there. One I was against Matt Fryer. I've got a slice video there that absolutely killed it. So, you know, I, I definitely don't feel that the golf courses that I'm at all the time are ridiculously prestigious. It's more the Break 75 episodes are going to be at maybe more well-known venues or... Um, and also, as well, as another element to this as well, where I definitely think smaller golf clubs would love to be on the channel and, and have the, the eyeballs on them. Um, but also, it's quite a lot of stress for them and the greenkeepers, to be honest with you, because they know the golf course is going to get seen by upwards of a million people, at least half a million if it's a Break 75 episode. And it, it sounds bizarre thing to say, but some of them probably don't quite want to. Be, they can't. They haven't got the staff. They haven't got the money, the infrastructure to, to make it look probably how they know it should do. Yeah. And even now, we're finding it more this year than last year. When when you ring up a venue to want to go and play, nine well nine and a half times out of ten, they can't wait to have you and they're very accommodating. But it's moved a bit more almost harder now because they're saying, oh, well, actually not next week because we've done something to the fairways or we've done something and, and I, it's not quite great I've for camera. I've never known a year where... I've been turned away from so many golf courses. Well, that's it. It's because they've seen the evidence of last year's series and how well it's done. So naturally, and rightly so, they want their venue to be shown in the yeah. best possible light. Of course they do. Whereas last year, even though you had a lot of subscribers, they were a bit more like, oh yeah, come and film. And it's actually getting harder. It is. It's um, getting a lot harder. And, and also, typically, when we go to a nicer golf course, or we go to a, a golf course, we've obviously pre-ranged it. Typically, we'll, we don't always have to. We don't, we don't demand this, but... Typically, they might um, book out quite a few slots yeah. around us so we can actually film, so we have a bit of time. Where, again, a lot of other golf courses might not be able to afford that. Yeah, that might not be something they go, actually, we want to do that, really. Every tea time is valuable 100%. to us. And we will definitely continue to do more videos at very accessible and cheap golf courses because we love doing it, and, and it's great. But it's just maybe not something as much for the Break 75 series. Yeah, like I say, we, and also we want... For me personally, playing, I want to play at nice golf courses. Yeah. Like I want to play at golf courses that are in good condition. You know, to give myself the best chance, like greens that roll nice or a good speed, or you know, it's very well manicured. So sometimes they are sl slightly more expensive ones, particularly. Yeah, we have had um, an abundance of questions in the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group on Facebook. So if you're not, if you're still listening to this now, and you're aware of that group and you've not joined it, why? Like, why would you not, Rick? Give me three reasons why you wouldn't. Um, they don't like Mark. Lizardberg. Yeah, that's one reason, valid. Um, <laughs> they think Meta is going to steal all the data. Very true. The second reason. And um, the other reason is they... Don't like you that much. They, they're not the biggest fan. They like you, but they think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't think, think it's that. Um, it I could be that. The, the fact that sometimes they'll put a post on it doesn't always get approved. Yeah, that's because, true. Because if we approved every single post, it would literally spam everybody's Facebook Yeah, ever. that's a good, good... How many, many posts do we literally get a day? Well... Currently on pending, we've got, um, I think I can see it on my phone better. So yeah, as Rick says, we love the Facebook group. We're very passionate about it. And I spend a lot of my time on there and engaging with people. And as do you, we've got 13,500 posts waiting for approval. So, so imagine we, now, there's, I think there is a button that says approve all. Yeah. It would, if we, you, everybody would leave the group because it would flood everybody's timeline. We, we do try and keep it super balanced. And sometimes we can't might get one that I don't approve where someone's a bit annoyed. They might leave one saying, oh, I've had six pro posts now and some haven't been approved. But then some have as well. It's just a balance. Anyway, 
If, yeah, you, in fact, you've turned me off. Don't join the group, actually. If you don't, if you, if if you don't want to, don't. There's no hard feelings here. If you want to join but don't post, that's fine. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> do that. If you want to join but post, that's also fine. Um, but don't get asked if you don't get approved it, straight yeah, away. Yeah, I think you still delete it. You really <laughs> can't. Go the more we talk about it, and yeah, Meta's going to steal your data, and it's rubbish. But anyway. Um, but if you did want to, if that, if that hasn't put you off, if that make sure you check it out. The annoying thing is, I've now been messing with Facebook on my thing, and I've lost a question. But anyway, if you want to join, join. We've got, um, it's a good place to get questions off people, and we had one, and I'm really annoyed now because I've lost it, but I know what it is, but I want to try and find the guy's name. Anyway, I'll find in a minute the name. It was a question saying, do you think Tiger will retire at St. Andrews? There we go. It's from Fraser Borthwick. Do you think Tiger will retire at St. Andrews? Um... I think there's a chance now, you know. Do you think? I just think he was very adamant after the Masters he would be playing at the old he course. He booked it in, didn't he? Yeah. Now, he's I know he's, his flight, he's, he's won there. It's apparently his favourite golf course in the world. And it's somewhere where even if he was only 80%, I really think he could compete there. I just think the way he obviously had to come off at the PGA, he still looks in so much pain. I feel like, obviously, we don't know. He could be on a journey still to be getting better, and he might each day be getting half a percent better, and he might be in a year back to full fitness. Equally, yeah, on the other hand, he could be declining, or not. You know, he could be not getting so much better. I just think when you watch him walk now, it does look hard work. Yeah. Now, Tiger being the guy he is, I can see both ways. I can imagine him ending at St. Andrews and, and walking over that Swilkin Bridge, hopefully on the Sunday, wearing Sunday red, and going down in a lot of people's eyes as the greatest of all time. There's obviously a debate for Jack, which is a great debate. We could have that all day long. Um, I also could imagine to set to play and, again, hopefully make the cut and kind of just play the odd event here and there. But Tiger wants to be winning events. There was that famous clip with Curtis Strange when he first came on tour in, like, 96, yeah. and he said, like, I wouldn't, I don't play tournaments if I want to win. I'm basically here yeah. to win tournaments. And I still think he stands by that. Tiger's not there to compete. Well, no, sorry. He's not there just to be part of the field. He's there, there to, to win. Yeah, to part, that's it? the word, participate. He's there to win. And if he knows deep down, which he'll be getting more and more kind of data and insight and just feelings of that as time goes on, he will be knowing now how his journey is, the trajectory of his journey and his fitness, and if it's possible to get back to full fitness. If he knows now, as little chance he will, is he going to still want to compete? I hope so. I... But I... I think he may retire at St. Andrews. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. Yeah. I, I could see it happening in another five years, potentially. Because yeah. it comes round to St. Andrews every yep. five years. It won't be the 150th, granted. But I don't think he also no. needs that. It's not a big deal for him. I think in five years... I mean, how old is he now? Is he 42? Um, I've just guessed I think that. He's a bit older than that. So, you know, he's going he's gonna to be maybe clocking on to... 46. 46. So, yeah, it'll be getting close. It'll be over 50 at that point. Um, that That's my guess. I think he'll he'll do this one. I think he'll play in the four majors each year, a couple of little events around it, his own event, a few other tiny little ones that he might play in. Um, that gives him... Tw- that g- that'll give him another probably 16 or 17 chances of winning, a, winning the major. Mm. In that time frame, it seems quite a lot. Yeah, and that, he's got to win how many more to become to overtake Jack now? He'd have it's, to win four more. It's a big ask, isn't it? Well, you know it's what though, kind of going completely against what I've just said. <laughs> he is super competitive and wants to play to win. But actually, having said that, and I still do kind of obviously stand by that. But we have seen him change a little bit in recent year or two, haven't we? Since certainly since his accident, mm. since his children are getting a bit older, 
he has got that more happier yeah. approach and Smiling, like we've seen him laughing yeah, after having he, a bit of a joke after his events he's been like hugging Henny and stuff like that and he really looks like he's happy to be there maybe there is part of him again maybe there's a part of him that thinks I just want to be I just want to be able to be to participate yeah. again I, I don't know I can see kind of either option yeah. really it's very difficult to know I, Put, I think putting himself in contention is probably his, his main objective I think as well what's different maybe for footballers than like sorry for golfers than footballers is when footballers often want to retire at the kind of almost at the peak don't they and, and not be the guy that comes on as a sub in the last five minutes they want to you know some do that but some want to kind of go out on a real high which I, I get it's a bit different with golf, I guess, isn't it? Because we do get some, as we see in the Masters, and we discussed the Sandy Lyle stuff, which kind of people have different opinions on. Some guys want to just kind of play in certain events for as absolute long as possible, which yeah. you, know, you can understand. Some people may want to retire when they're more on a high, but it's a, yeah, I have no idea. It's a long answer to his question, is it? But I, I, we don't know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't totally surprise me, but I, I think it would. It, it also would massively shock me. He would only retire if he knows he can't compete anymore. If he's still got a 1% chance that he thinks in six months he'll be a bit better, there's no way. Why would yeah. he retire? Um, it's a good question, though. It's a very good question. Thanks, Fraser. He sounds like a caddy. Sounds like a caddy from St. He Andrews. He does, like a really wise um, <laughs> caddy. Um, another question we've had a lot recently, and we got asked this at the live podcast show, from Alistair Gray. When are we going to get this Rick versus Pete match? Is it going to happen this year? Are you bothered um, about score? Are you bothered actually winning, or do you think it would be a good video? Someone like, joked about whether I need a ten shot head start, and maybe I do. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. No, I think if it was match play, I, I'm I'm in. Let, let's let's write up a contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, let's say let's say I win two up. Okay, yeah. we'll put that in the contract. The video doesn't go out unless I win two up. Can we have a bit of a dramatic twist at the halfway point? I'll be one down through nine. Yeah. I'll let that happen then epic comeback no i think i'd want to obviously he's got his open qualifying coming up in june so i reckon he's practicing playing lots then so let's not get him when he's hot mm-hmm. let's let's go i'm away in august let's go september i book him in for september okay but you said, you said that exact thing last year did i say the year last year though? <laughs> that's very <laughs> true um no i definitely want to um it'd be good to get the lads back again matt and uh and carter as well um but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not scared. That's what people think. I'm not bloody scared. Mm. All right. Um, another question from it's a random name. Ar Fenton photo. I don't know if that's obviously is. I don't know what name that is. But how many kilometers did you get done this month for the running? So this was the month we wanted <laughs> to try to do 100k. Well, today you listen to this episode will be the 31st of May, so the yeah. final day of May. Yes. Okay. Now, hopefully, if everything's gone to plan. I would have completed the run to 100K today, today because right now the number that I'm going to show you is 90, 90. kilometers on the nose. Very good. Seven hours and 23 minutes of running. Yeah. It's a long, lot of running. That's that, awesome. It? So I've done, I've done nine 10Ks. Very good. Yeah. Um, I've done, well, as we do this now, I've done 115. I, I did the 100 quite early on, which I was very proud of. And I have slapped this last week or so. Um, Kind of, I think it was so much of a thing once I hit the 100 that once I had, I kind of slacked off. I, I thought you might have gone for the 150 at one point. Yeah, well, what I probably should have done, really, but I want to try and keep it going every month. I didn't want to have a big month and then sack it off again. Yeah. So I want to kind of keep it rolling over. And, and Are kind you of get thinking a 100 each month? Possibly. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realise this, but I've actually set this challenge up. I said to you kind of off the podcast, when I look back at my Apple fitness thing, I've done months before. I've done like 150, 130. So oh when I, I, I have done it before. I didn't kind of realise at the time, though. 
But I think it's just good to have some level of goal. Well, it's a hundred percent forced me yeah. to do runs. That's it. Like yesterday, we came home from from uh, London, kind of got back home, unpacked. We we're about to have some food, and I went, you know what? I'm going to get one done. Yeah. Like now because I need to because I need to do one yesterday, which was the Sunday, and I need to do on Tuesday to hit the hundred k. And I'm like, it's forcing me to get out there and run. Well, that's it. And it's a good number that it is. You could do it every month. It's yeah. not ridiculous. It's quite a bit of work, admittedly, but it's not ridiculous. No. Is it? It's not like something you just can't commit it's to. It's not as so. if it's every single day. That's For it. me, if it was like, if I was doing 5K every day, I think I'd, as soon as I miss a day, I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. Where this is like, t- I, I, well, certainly the way I've been doing it, I've been doing 10Ks like every three days or something. Yeah. Which I've really been enjoying. So, and I've got a little bit faster. I've lost a little bit of weight, and I'm feeling a little bit better. You do um, look better. Yeah, and like I say, the 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 times have have been definitely gradually getting faster and faster. No, like very my, impressive. My last one was yes, I did yesterday, forty-seven uh, minutes and eight seconds. That's outrageous. So I'm really happy with that. No, we've had a lot of people as well emailing us, um, DMing on Instagram and stuff, and in the group on Facebook saying that. They've taken part. Some people have walked it, which again is, is brilliant. They might have done some. Some did like two hundred kilometers of walking. So that's what's been good with this. You've got different kind of vibes, different yeah. levels of fitness. And the, what's mad and what I love about this, there'll be some people t- who've done this. You might not even emailed us or whatever, who've done it for the first time, and that'll really help them get on a, on a journey. Brilliant. Um, I think that's the, the only downside. Sometimes, sometimes with the podcast, you forget that like there's so many people that do comment and messages, which is brilliant. We love all that. When you look at the numbers that we get on the audio podcast and the video podcast, we probably only get like one percent messages, which is absolutely fine. So many people out there that listen and take part in stuff that won't ever message us. Yeah. So you forget about all those guys, but and girls, but there'll be loads out there who have smashed it this month. So if you have done it or you've not done it, whatever, but congrats and yeah. keep going. If you've done it, congrats and thanks for for forcing me to get out there and do it. Yeah, I've, honestly, I've really, really, really enjoyed it, and uh, and long may it continue. Yes, that was a nice... It's a lovely, that, that was that. really nice podcast. <laughs> like, last week's was an absolute shambles when we were knackered in St. Andrews. I think this week we brought the energy. We've, you, we've, we've yeah, given you a, energy. given a, a giveaway that's a lifetime op- opportunity. We talked about an amazing event. We talked a bit about golf. Mm-hmm. I think that's what what's good. Yeah. We talked a lot, not about golf, yeah. but yeah. Just a note it. on that as well with the giveaway. We will have this... This is an audio podcast if you're listening... Um, the best way to enter is to jump over onto the, the video on the YouTube channel. So there's going to be two videos. There'll be the full-length podcast, which will be like an hour long or however long this has been. So you can enter on there by just saying, I've entered and, and obviously subs- uh, following Rick and following the JCB Championship Instagram. There'll also probably be a shorter version, like an eight-minute or 10-minute version, which is the button we just talk about that championship. You can enter on there as well. So it, there's not going to be You know what? I think I'm going to pick, the easiest way of doing this is pick a winner from... The JCB Championship Instagram that follows me and me and JCB. Okay, that's a good way of doing it. So it doesn't matter if you comment on it on the video. No, that's, that makes cause sense. Because then it's likeliness. If they're following JCB Championship, they've heard it from us. Perfect. They've probably got any followers now. Perfect. And, and the followers. So I think that's, that's a great, the simplest yeah, okay. way of doing it. So forget that, what I just said. So good luck, everyone. Have a great week. Uh, we'll be back next. You're on holiday. I'm on holiday next week. So I'll probably get Matt Fryer in and I'll get slated and I'll room holiday. So thanks. I'll bring someone. <laughs> I'm joking. I'll bring, I'm joking, I'll bring I'm someone joking. different in. Um, I'll bring someone in much worse. Yes, um, right. Enjoy. Have a nice holiday. Thank you. You're off to New York. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted that set sharing not really, on that. No. Oh, I did get, you not? I get burgled now. People might <laughs> burgle me. They want me in. I meant York. Going to York. But I'm <laughs> staying at home. Going to York via Zoom. Don't burgle my house. <laughs> 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 we cut that bit out. <laughs>
Let's keep it in, I don't mind. Peace. Bye. Bye.